Hey there, Annie and Julie here. We just wanted to pop in real quick before we dive into this episode and announce our new show name. We're excited to announce that we're rebranding the Investing for Good podcast as the Life and Money Show. Now, this new name reflects the broad focus of our episodes and guests thus far and allows us to tell even more stories about living a meaningful and intentional life by design while also making an impact. We're extremely grateful for your support and listenership as we've grown this podcast and are excited to begin this new chapter so we can bring you even more valuable stories and insights. With that, let's dive into the episode. There's a lot of things we can't control in our lives. There's a lot of external factors, but we can always control what the meaning is to those things that are occurring to us or around us. And how we determine what that means to us is really going to affect our beliefs and our actions that we take around it. You're listening to The Life and Money Show, a podcast that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth for their families and impacting the world around them. And now here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hello, everyone. Annie Dickerson here together with the fabulous Julie Lamb. Julie, how are you today? I'm doing okay. I'm trying to hold down my hunger right now because we've been on a conference this morning (laughs) and then I had phone calls and stuff I had to make right before we recorded this podcast. And then I opened the fridge to like see if my lunch was there and I do like a thistle plant based delivery thing. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I didn't order lunch for today. Close the refrigerator. I'm like, great. Looked at my watch. I have 20 minutes left until I have to jump on this podcast. So, but other than that, that's the entrepreneur life, right? (laughs) It's like every day is different, keeps us on our toes. You never know. I mean, some days are back to back to back. Other days are heads down creating stuff. And yeah, I remember on this road trip, I think I I mentioned this to you, you know, I was podcasting with the, uh, you know, when you're on the road, you got to work with what you got. So I my podcast or my mic balanced in a drawer on my lap. And, you know, now being back at home, you know, it's a little bit better, but still every day, like you're saying, the schedule is always up in the air and we're always, you know, doing everything we can to try to drive the business forward and to help our investors, to help our coaching members as well. And so it's fun, but sometimes it's exhausting. (laughs) So I have the perfect solution for (gasps) your traveling problem. Okay. I I got one. So when I get it, I'll test it out and let you know. But it's like this little, it's a tripod stand basically for your laptop so that you can go anywhere and sit in anywhere as long as you you can even stand. You don't even need to sit down. And it's just like this thing that like almost like a, what do you call those music (sighs) note stand things? And it kind of like pivots and whatever. And it's tiny and it's like two pounds. And, you know, so that's what I'm going to use because as you know, we're about to hop on the road here. So just because I don't want to end up somewhere where I have to like balance the laptop on my knee or on the bed on a windowsill. That's what I was doing at one point. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I'll have to look 
look into that. That's mm-hmm. brilliant. Well, yeah. enough with the travel hacks. Let's talk a little bit about yeah. our guest today. He's the first guest we've had on for a second show, Michael Kwan. He is the creator of the blog Financially Alert. He's also a podcast host, and he's recently written and published a brand new book. It's called The Fire Planner. And for those listeners who are not familiar with the concept of FIRE, it stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. And Michael, I met Michael years ago at FinCon. It's a conference where money nerds unite. And he was already, he had already reached FIRE at that point. He reached FIRE back in his, I think in his earlier mid-30s. He had built up this IT company, sold it off, and then invested very wisely in real estate and stocks. And now he's been able to really build the life of his dreams. He stays at home with his kids. He gets to cook for them every meal. He gets to take them to school or homeschool them over the last year and create this blog and now this book on the side. So he's really such an inspiration and had so many great insights in this conversation. It was fun because one of the things that kept coming up over and over throughout the conversation was mindset. And, you know, anyone who's been listening to our show for a while and, you know, knows Annie and I, we talk a lot about mindset. There's no way that, you know, we would be where we are now without working on our mindset. And a lot of it is, you know, just opening up your mind to possibilities and what's, you know, beliefs, having new beliefs about what's possible. And I know that was true for me when I first started my journey. It was like, and, and I actually didn't know what I didn't know at first. And I just kept pushing on and thinking, believing that there was something better out there, but not really knowing for sure if there was until one day I discovered it. But it was interesting because throughout the show, you'll notice that we talk about this mindset thing often. It's really important. So if mindset is not something that you've been working on through your financial independence, retire early journey, it definitely is something that if you spend a little time focusing on it can definitely help get you to where you want to go. And another thing that came up a lot was the concept of reading and expanding your mind and opening your mind to these different perspectives from different people you might not normally cross paths with. And the best way to do that is through books. So for all of our listeners, after you listen to this show, definitely grab a copy of The Fire Planner. But on top of that, if you're new to the world of real estate and real estate syndications, be sure to grab a free hardcover copy of our book as well. It's called Investing for Good and it's the best way for you to dive in and get started with the whole world of passive real estate investing. All you have to do is go to goodegginvestments.com forward slash book. All right. Well, with that, let's dive into our conversation with Michael Kwan. Michael, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing fabulous. Thank you so much for having me, Annie and Julie. It's so fantastic to be back on your awesome life and money show now. Well, thank you for being here. Now, Michael, you have the distinct honor of being the very first guest that we've invited back to the show for a second time. As you mentioned, you first came on the show to share your story way back in episode number 13, when we were just getting off the ground. And we're thrilled that you're back today so we can dig deeper in with you because we know you are such a wealth of knowledge and you've helped so many people to reach financial independence. Now, since you were last on the show, You've not only continued to grow your blog, Financially Alert, 
but you've also recently written and published a new book, The Fire Planner. And I got an advanced copy of the book and I love it. It is phenomenal. I just want to take a moment for anybody who's watching the video to show some of the beautiful layouts in this book. It's not just like a manual, but it's a workbook. So there's actual places where you can write and make calculations. And it's just a beautifully designed book. So I'm thrilled to dig in and to get some of your insights that you've gathered through writing this book. Now, for our listeners who aren't as familiar with the concept of fire, start by telling us what fire is and give us a glimpse into your own fire journey. Absolutely, Annie. Yeah, so for those of you that aren't familiar with the term fire, it's an acronym that's been catching a little steam in the media, and it stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. And so I know that you guys talk a lot about real estate and syndications and just creating passive income. And so it really ties in nicely with the whole idea of financial independence, as well as for people, once they are able to get that passive income, if they can cover their you know, annual expenses just with their passive income, all of a sudden they have a new option. They can retire early. And so that's where this whole concept, this idea of FIRE comes from, financial independence, retire early. So I really decided to write this book as a way to make FIRE accessible to anyone. I was very lucky. And I think I mentioned maybe on the last episode, lucky number episode number 13, but I had a couple of uncles who had basically achieved fire back when there was no term fire. They oh, had those rich early. uncles. Gotta yes, love those rich uncles. Rich uncles. <laughs> <laughs> they had reached fire early on. They'd retired early in their thirties. And I was so inspired and just curious as a kid. I'm like, how come they don't have to go to work and how come they can take their kids and they can be at all their games and they can do anything they want. And my parents have to go to work, you know, every single day. I thought that was, you know, really fascinating. And it really piqued my curiosity, as well as it gave me the possibility that something like that was even achievable for myself. And so when I got older, you know, I started really digging into it. I started reading things like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, understanding the different cash flow quadrants of like how money moves and where you can, you know, really focus on building passive income and to give yourself options. And so that's, you know, really the foundation of what FIRE is and why it's important to me and why it's important for me to share it with other people these days. And so you have your blog, Financially Alert, which you launched several years ago now, right? And you've grown that blog really to tell your story and to share your insights. And so take us to, you know, at what point did you decide, okay, you know what, this, I need to write a book or how did that come about? And tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, it's funny, Annie. So I've been working on this book for a good three years, I'd say. And I always knew in the back of my mind, I wanted to be able to share this idea of financial independence and retire early. However, I wasn't exactly sure how I wanted to do it. You know, there's a lot of great finance books out there. You guys have a phenomenal book, right, about syndications, and it's very specific and targeted to help people use that as a vehicle. And so I was like, you know, what can I do to add my voice to the conversation and be helpful? And so what happened was I started writing this book 
I was going to self-publish this thing. I was like, yes, I'm going to, you know, just go into my room and start typing away and just knock it out. Right. And then a million other things happen. Right. I'm a stay at home dad as well. Right. So I'm dealing with my kids. I have, you know, lots of other responsibilities. I have other, lots of other passive income streams that I'm interested in. Right. And so what happened was the book just kind of started collecting dust on my computer, digital dust. And it just sat there and it didn't really go anywhere until about a year and a half ago, I got a random email from a publisher in the UK. And they said, hey, we're actually looking to write, you know, have a book done about fire. And we found you through the blogosphere. And would you be interested in collaborating? And I was like, yeah, I would. And so I went to go look up this publisher and lo and behold, their specialty was actually making lots of interactive and very illustrated, colorful types of books. And I was like, you know what, this is really cool. This is how we can actually differentiate ourselves. We can put the information in an interactive format. And so that's kind of how the idea was born and basically work with them. They were fantastic. They're, the company name was Cordo and they're out in the UK. So they basically typically does books that are more geared towards maybe like artists. They want to share, you know, how to draw cartoons and, and things of this nature, but they wanted to try something different. So personal finance, this is their first, first book in that space. And so I'm like, yeah, let's go out and do it. And so we came together. They were wonderful. They had a great you know, team of artists and copy editors and everything that I needed actually to get the book done. Because as soon as I signed the contract, right? And they said, oh, you have two and a half months to get this done. <laughs> I got it done. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that happens. But I think that's the perfect match because when I look through the book and you know, if I imagine it as just text, I don't think it would have the same impact. You know, sure, you could tell a lot of great stories and give people a lot of step-by-step, you know, instructions or insights or ideas, but the ability to just write directly in the book and the images that break it up, because finances is such an intimidating topic for so many people. And to make it in this fun, easy to read format, I think makes a world of difference. And so I love the format of the book. I hope all of our listeners go out and get a copy and check it out for themselves. But talk to us a little bit about, I know your personal fire journey, you sort of, you built up an IT company, you sold that off, that gave you a good head start. And then you sort of invested in a variety of different things. And so talk to us a little bit about that and compare that to, because I know you put the stories of a lot of different folks in the book who have achieved fire in different ways. So compare and contrast your own journey with some of what you've seen in other people. Specifically, I'm thinking for on behalf of our listeners, is there one best way to reach (laughs) fire? (laughs) Yes, I'm getting that question quite a lot. Is there best one way to achieve fire? And the truth of the matter is, I think it's a matter of personal preference. The great thing I think about the journey that I've gone on so far is that I've got to touch three different ways that are very common ways to achieve fire. So I like to call them the fire accelerators. Inside the book, I literally call them the fire accelerators and I touch upon each of them. And so the first way really is taking a traditional investing type of approach. And that means if you're working, you know, a traditional career, maybe you're working for an employer that provides a 401k and you have, you know, a decent salary, you really take a portion of that and you start socking that away. You're putting it away every single month and you're allowing your investment to grow over time. And eventually 
the more you put in, the bigger asset base you have, and the quicker you can allow this compound interest to really take hold and start building upon itself. So I think first and foremost, I really encourage people to kind of understand some of those fundamentals first. And then from there, once you're kind of what I like to say, the slow path to fire or FI, then after that, then it's time to concentrate on the really quick fire accelerators, which I believe are real estate and entrepreneurship. And the reason why I say that is because I've seen a ton of people in both spaces, whether it's entrepreneurship or real estate investing, that can literally create life-changing income, passive income specifically, within a very short span of time. So I'm talking about like five to 10 years. So with the more traditional approach, the first one, which I like to deem as extreme savings and investing, you know, you can definitely achieve fire that way. I think it's a little bit slower. However, I think if you do a combination of both, I think that's where it's at. I think that's where you can really gain an advantage and really, you know, light yourself on fire, so to speak. And it certainly sounds more fun too. When I think about extreme saving, it's like oof, counting every penny and get, you know, spending the time at the grocery store to compare like dollar for dollar, where does my dollar go further? Oh, that is not the style for me. So I love what you're talking about with entrepreneurship and real estate. That's certainly what Julie and I have seen as the fire accelerators in our lives as well. And so for both of those things though, for real estate, which can be hard to get into and entrepreneurship, which can be a huge risk for people to leave a stable job and to start a side hustle or to start their own business. Tell us a little bit about the mindset side of things. How do people get to that space where they can take that leap? Are there smaller steps they can take beforehand or what do you recommend? I'm really glad that you asked that question because I think I really encourage people to start at that place first because mindset really controls and dictates everything else because, you know, what we believe ultimately will lead to the actions that we take. And of course, those actions are going to give us the results that we want or don't want. So I really tell people, take a look at that first because we all grow up in different circumstances. And for myself, I was lucky, right? I had these rich uncles, but the majority of people do not have that benefit. So in order to be able to shift your mindset, you need to be very cognizant of what's possible. And I think a lot of that shift comes from educating yourself, listening to podcasts like Life and Money Show, and really being able to expose yourself to different ideas, right? Because as soon as you realize, you know what, there's another possibility, something triggers in our brain and says, you know what, I can have more, I can do more. And then all of a sudden, we take action. And so I think that's where I really like people to start. And inside of Fire Planner, there's actually a whole section where you can really jump in and literally get some of that, those thoughts on paper. Really identify what are those limiting beliefs that are keeping us from taking the action and getting the results that we want today. Mm-hmm. And I love that you have the rich uncles, but for those people who don't have those rich uncles, you include a whole bunch of stories of people who could be your surrogate rich uncles, so to speak. And so maybe tell us, you know, one or two stories of people that you highlight in the book who have especially inspiring stories to help motivate our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And as a blogger, I have the privilege of, you know, interacting with different people online. And it's really fascinating to see some of these bloggers who have taken off or had very unique stories. And yourself included, Annie and Julie, you know, learning from your guys' stories as well. We all start interacting and we all 
win together, which is very fascinating, I think. But one of them, you know, that really sticks out is my friend Dom. And his site is called Gen Y Finance Guy. And so what he did, he essentially started out as, you know, just a blogger that was looking to reach financial independence at an early age. And Dom had no, no advantages whatsoever, right? He had actually the opposite. His parents actually were incarcerated, sold methamphetamines. You know, he was kicked to the side, absentee parents, right? And he fortunately found a mentor along the way because he wasn't attending school. And this guy was like, you know, why are you not in school? And he started, you know, asking him all these questions, not scolding him or anything, but, you know, asking him curious questions. Hey, well, what if you looked at it this way? And what happened was, you know, it gave him the confidence. Hey, you know what? There's something else I can do. And it gave him that drive to, you know, really think differently. And so now with Dom, he went on a traditional path and he worked a, you know, corporate job and I think an oil company or something to that effect but he was really hungry. And so what he did was he worked up the ranks really quickly. And then he was able to save masses of amounts of his income because he had such a large income. He was like, I think earning at the time when he finally quit, maybe like $300,000. And I know that sounds very large for most people. However, you know, he worked his way up from the ground up. And what he did in that process was he gained confidence and ultimately once he got to that C-suite and he was earning all that money, he was like, you know what? I can go out and I can do this on my own. And so that's exactly what he did last, I think the last two years, he went out on his own and he's crushing it now as an entrepreneur. So I think I get inspired because I see people's journey and it's like a stacking effect, right? And even for you guys, for yourselves, right? I know, Annie, you invested in real estate and then you found syndications and now you're going out, you're sharing with other people. And Julie, you're doing the same thing and helping other people. And it kind of comes full circle and then other people help you in the process. So I just really encourage people to find other people of like mind, see what they're doing and then emulate, model them, do it in your own way that aligns with your own values, but really take that extra step to take action. So I'm curious, I wanted to ask you, and I don't know, maybe we talked about this last time, but if somebody was to ask you, Michael, what's your why? Like, this is all sounds great. Like mindset, we take action, inspiring stories, but what's your why? Like, why did you start doing this? Why did you write the book? Like, uh, tell us, what is that? Because I think sometimes people aren't sure what their why is. And sometimes when they hear other people's whys, they get inspired. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So now I've mentioned to you guys a couple of times, I had these two rich uncles mm-hmm. and I will tell you that one of them was a dentist and he basically retired about right around 38 or so. He had to practice himself and then he bought a bunch of real estate and then he was very interactive with his kids. The other uncle, which actually was his brother, he actually was very successful with entrepreneurship and was, you know, earning millions of dollars by the time he was in his young twenties. Now the two different uncles took very different trajectories in their life. And the way and the quality of their life was significantly different. With that said, I also saw some of the negatives that came into their lives, depending on the money that they had. And what I noticed was that the one, the dentist, the, the one that I, that I noticed was, you know, really interacting with his family and just being present. I, he always had a smile on his face. And this other uncle that was earning hundreds of millions of dollars was always going, he was always driving, very driven, excellent businessman, but I didn't ever see that smile. And so I I found that curious, very curious. Other details, you know, you see things in the media and whatnot. He kind of went down that path, right? 
things, family fell apart, you know, missteps here and there. And what I realized, I think, in that, just seeing those two dichotomies was that we have a choice, right? At a certain point, I realized, you know what? Money is just a tool. And so we get to choose whether it's good or bad. And so because I saw that, I said, you know what? I'm going to just, I'm going to emulate the uncle that basically was present with his family. And when I basically pulled the trigger, I sold the company. I put some of that money into real estate, started creating some of that passive income. And I had that unique opportunity to stay home with my kids. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this. And so that became really my why is to be fully present because I always realized, you know, at the end of my life, when I'm sitting on my deathbed, you know, hopefully I can get there. Maybe I don't, who knows, you might get hit by a bus, but <laughs> if I'm sitting you know, at my deathbed, I want to look back and the money's not going to matter anymore, right? You can't take the money with you, but what's going to matter is the relationships and the treasure memories that you've built up over time and the impact that you've created in life. And so I try to reverse engineer that and use that as my why now to try and propel me forward. And what's very interesting is once you get enough, enough to satisfy your basic needs. And I know for both of you, you're the same way because your whole company is built on this. Once you have those basic needs fulfilled, then it's about creating impact and helping other people. And when you do that, I mean, that's really the driver, right? That gives you a why, because a lot of times we're willing to do even more for other people than we are for, even for ourselves. So that's really where that why came from. And then finally, before my kids were even born, a few years before that, my mom passed early from lung cancer. She never smoked a day in her life, but we were kind of caught off guard. And, you know, we had a couple months before, you know, she was gone. And so I think when you have someone that's really close to you that passes away, you know, throughout life, it just gives you that perspective, right? What's really important? The money or the interactions, relationships, and I realized, you know what? Use the money as a tool so that you can have the freedom to do what you want and to be able to serve in a capacity, you know, to your God-given talents. That's, that's what it's all about. So that's my why. We'll get back to our conversation with Michael in just a minute. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid, like we were, that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations, and as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. 
We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day. Because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com slash invest. And now back to our chat with Michael Kwan. Oh my gosh. I love all of that. And it's so true for Annie and I too, in terms of what our why is. And I think it all leads back to wanting to make an impact and wanting to help other people. And that is, we talk about this all the time, but that is where you get your fulfillment, right? Like you can sit on a mountain with all this money and it really doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. And oftentimes it's very lonely too up there. You know, Mm -hmm. when you turn it around, you really ask yourself, why are you doing this? What are you after? And you can get to it right away. And you know, that it's to make an impact and to help other people, you can kind of shortcut your way to happiness and to freedom, really personal freedom, I think. So this is something since you're kind of our fire expert, I want to ask you, why has fire suddenly become something that is often talked about? It's a new thing that, you know, sometimes people haven't heard about, but why is this for the last, I don't know, how long has, maybe that's a question, how long has fire been around, like as a term? And why is it suddenly becoming popular with these new generations? Because previous generations were like one of your uncles, right? You go out, make as much money as you can, and you work, work, work until you practically kill yourself. And then you lose everything all the way down the way, you get to 60. And if you make it, and then you retire. So why is it this generation has watched that generation, you know, and it's like, no way, that's not what I want to do. Why is it suddenly becoming so popular? Yeah, you know what it is, Julie? I think it's really all about the internet, to be honest, because that sharing of information that we never had before, it's really giving people exposure to different ideas quicker and faster. And people are seeing what other people are doing. Now, the people that, you know, usually get the media attention in the fire space a lot of times are the ones that are doing extreme things. So maybe they're living on like $25,000 a year or they're saving like 90% of their income because they're living in a van down by the river, but they work at Google, right? So, I mean, (laughs) these are true stories, but people gravitate to that because all of a sudden they realize, you know what? I have an option. I can be very intentional with my money and I can make some solid choices as well as realizing, you know what? I actually don't need that much. When it comes down to it, people think, you know, retirement's out of reach because they really haven't thought about it. But once they finally think about it and they realize, you know what? This equation, if I start plugging in different things, it actually can work for me as well. And so I think that's where people get excited. They're like, you know what? I can forego this, you know, extra Netflix subscription. I can for, I mean, not Netflix, but maybe, maybe the Hulu, right? <laughs> not, not Netflix. <laughs> Netflix. Let me get rid of the Hulu and the, the Peacock and whatever else <laughs> miscellaneous stuff. And then I can save that money and I can invest it. I can put it into my 401k. I can put it into an index fund and just let it grow over time. And people are really, I think, what I love is I think in this day and age, millennials and zennials, right? They're all about the here and now, which I think is cool. Like they're very present with what's going on now. And so I think that ties in perfectly with fire because part of it as well is the journey. I talk about that in the book because I got to be honest, you know, at the end of the day, whether you achieve fire or not, I tell people to go on the journey because it'll make you more. It'll give you a growth path 
to expand in multiple areas, not just money, but in what, you know, is possible in your life, you know, getting out from fear and taking action. Maybe it's just elevating your career to the next level, asking for the raise, you know, three months earlier before your annual review. It's these little tiny stepping stones that were given along this path that can make significant shifts and differences that can lead up to an early retirement. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, it's so interesting how sharing economy has changed the way that we all view our own personal lives in contrast with the lives that we get now get insight into everyday normal people as well as like celebrities too. And so that's so interesting that you took it back there. That's where it's really coming from. Cause I totally agree with you. I think people are like, have access to so much more information, which can be detrimental on the one hand. And if you know how to use it, right, can be beneficial on the other. But it's, I think that, you know, seeing the possibilities and then asking the question of how or why, and then stumbling across, you know, podcasts like yours and like ours and books like yours. And, and it's just so, it's so cool. It's such a fun time to be alive where we have access to so much information if you know how to use it to your advantage. So I love that. One thing I'm curious about, because it's been a while since we had you on the show, and this is a question I always like to ask because the pandemic has impacted so many different people in so many different ways. And I'm curious, curious to understand how, if at all, COVID and the pandemic has impacted your journey, because you're still continuing your journey, even though you've achieved FIRE, how has it impacted your journey, if at all, you know, over the last year? Yeah, it's interesting that you asked me that, Julie, because at the beginning of 2020, this is back, you know, I guess probably maybe a quarter before in 2019. So fourth quarter of 2019, I made a proclamation. I'm like, 2020 is going to be the best year ever. <laughs> I think a <laughs> we lot all of chuckle, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be the best year ever. I even said it on the podcast that I started at the time. I was like, this is going to be best. Year. Mark my words. And and lo and behold, of course, we had you know, I mean, obviously COVID. But do you remember everything else that happened before that? I mean, there was like crazy things that yeah. were happening even before that. I can't even remember now. But like, it was just one thing after another, after another, yeah. after another, and. And I got to be honest, I mean, I want to be obviously very sensitive to the people that were affected because I know that a lot of people went through pain and a lot of people had to deal with a lot of shifts and, you know, people flat out died. I had, you know, some friends and family that that died from COVID. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting beyond, I think, some of that, you know, outside external pain that we see, right, is an incredible opportunity that this entire shift of our world, worldwide shift, and mentality created. And, you know, I will say for myself, that gave me some of the bandwidth to actually write my book. I actually wrote the book during COVID. I literally wrote those two and a half months that I spent writing the book was during the summer months of COVID. And, you know, part of that opportunity was because, you know, my wife was teaching from home and my kids were at home. And well, granted, I still wrote a good chunk of it late at night when they're all sleeping, but, (laughs) but still there was opportunities that came about because of the situation. What I want to share with the listeners is that we can't control certain things in our lives, right? There's a lot of things we can't control in our lives. There's a lot of external factors, but we can always control what the meaning is to those things that are occurring to us or around us. And how we determine what that means to us is really going to affect our beliefs and our actions that we take around it. And I will tell you, 2020 literally has been the best year of my life. I mean, on top of, you know, enhancing relationships, being my wife came home and got to teach home 
her school remotely. And so, you know, I'm getting to spend more time with her, engage with her and like, you know, have meals with her and get to see her in an element. I got to experience her actually teaching some of her classes. I would never be able to be able to do that. I think that's a huge win. That's a big treasure for me that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise, as well as just being able to connect with people that I wouldn't have connected with otherwise. And then sharing with people how I'm able to function and operate in a digital space and how they can do that too. Now in transition, I think for a lot of us in the technology space, we were already set up in this ideal situation where COVID didn't really have as much of an effect on us because we were already set up digitally. However, we were able to go out and share how we're doing it and affect change and provide value to other people. So creating the podcast, writing the book, some real estate deals that actually came about from this during that time as well. I ended up selling a property, my first sale, my owner property, and so saved a bunch of money there as well. And just, I learned so much. And that's why I was the best year ever, because I learned so much. I took so much action. And now some of those results are starting to, you know, peel off into 2021. But yes, it was incredibly blessed in 2020. <laughs> well, good. Well, I'm glad to hear all of that. But I think, you know, it's important for the listeners to understand that what you did was you took something that was happening and you turned it into, like you said, I like the words that you used in opportunity, right? Because we could look at this as like something that is bad and, you know, and just really focus on the bad. But when you stop to take a, you know, a stand back and ask yourself, what is the opportunity here for change? What is the opportunity for, you know, mindset change really is what it is too. And just change in routines and how can we work better, live better, love better. Like all of these things came up for me as well over the last year. And I love that you said that there's lots that we can't control, but when you focus on the things that you can control, that's when so much can change. And these things that can seem bad for you can actually turn into opportunities as they did when it sounds like for you. So I love, love all of that. Is there anything else? One last tip before we move on to the next part of the show, one last tip or anything around fire or something. I want to know what the one biggest takeaway was though, from, from the book or what's the one best tip or something like that. Yeah. Well, on those lines, I've been waiting to ask this question because, you know, they say 80% is psychology, 20% is strategy. So we've spent a good bulk of the show talking about mindset and stories and inspiration. And so we've gotten that foundation, so to speak. So now this 20%, I want to get your takeaway for sure, but give the listeners like a solid, like Cliff's Notes version of the book or like an action plan. Like where do they start with their fire journey? Did you start with your budget? Budget? Do you start with maxing out your 401k? Do you start with thinking of business ideas? What's your advice there? Yeah, I think the best way to answer that question, Annie, is to really go back to what Julie was saying about information overload, right? We can go to the internet, we can find literally anything, we can figure out how to do surgery on a little dog if we really had to. But the problem is that how do you figure out what's the relevant information and how do we get access to it quickly and efficiently without just spending a million years looking for that information? And so what I realized with FIRE was that people were going out, they were getting very excited. They were finding some of these bloggers and influencers following them. And that's great. They get really excited. What I was also seeing, though, was that people would get started on their own journey, maybe even start their own blog and track their FIRE journey. The problem, though, was that I've seen a lot of them also were fizzling out, meaning that they would get going, they would start the journey, they would jump in, 
And then actually it was interesting because they're blogging, they're talking about their thoughts. A lot of them realized, you know what? This is like a really long, strenuous journey. Like you said, Annie, some of them thought, oh, this extreme savings, oh, this is easy. I can just like, you know, cut out all this stuff right away and voila, I'll be good. And lo and behold, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do with willpower, but it only goes so far. So if you don't have that driver, if you don't have that true underlying why, you're not going to be able to persist and run the long game. So with the fire planner, what I really wanted to do was give an entire oversight of the entire process. I wanted people to see straight up front, okay, what does it take to even go on this journey? What do I have to believe to even get started to know that I'm going to finish this race? And so that's where I start. Really talk about the mindset. Once you get the mindset down, then the rest is mechanics. It's taking action. And so I spend a good chunk of that as well, really going into helping people to understand, okay, well, what are the metrics that we need to understand in order to even go on this journey? Because if you're going to go on this journey to achieve financial independence, you should probably know how much passive income you need. You got to first figure out how much your annual expenses are. Are you happy with the amount of annual expenses that you have? Could you reduce them or do you want to increase them? Because that's going to ultimately change your fire number. So in the book, it talks about how to go in there and calculate it using the 4% rule and the rule of 25. It's a simple back of the napkin type calculation where you can say, okay, my annual expenses you know, are $100,000 and I basically want to have that into perpetuity. So I need $100,000 times 25 and that'll give me my fire number of $2.5 million. And again, I just use that as a round number because it's easy to calculate in my head, but it could be higher and it can be lower. And it's according to your values and how you want to live your life. So it's all relative. So we talk about some of the metrics that you have to understand and be able to track along your way. And then it also dives into, of course, the fire accelerators that we touched upon earlier. What are the different paths that I can take to get there? What are the different strategies? Ooh, let me look at this highlighted individual and figure out, okay, how did they do that? And if you look in the book, you know, Annie, you're listed as well. And I do apologize, listeners. You have to, I do have to say an apology publicly because Annie, I of course know she does syndications, real estate investments, but somehow when I went in and I did the book and I submitted to the publisher, I think a table got shifted. So she's listed under, I think a stock expert. So she was laughing when she saw that. And next, I was like, oh my gosh. My next life, my next endeavor. <laughs> yes. Now I got to go master the stock investing. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> But, you know, aside from that little typo, it gives you access to different people, right? You can go in there, see Annie's name and other people that have been successful in their areas and go learn from them, as well as the little breakouts in the book specifically that talk about their story. And then, you know, really, it talks about the journey, the things that we have to deal with, understanding your values, as well as once you finally start getting closer to these milestones and starting reaching them, there's milestones like FU money, where it's like you got enough money where all your essentials are taken care of and you can essentially, you know, quit your job and you'll be fine for a few years. That's kind of the point where you have FU money. And then as you grow forward, okay, great. You actually are getting close to your fire number. Now, as you reach financial independence, you have to ask yourself, do I actually really want to retire early? Fire sounds great, but sometimes our identity is really tied into the work that we're doing. And so to be honest, early retirement is actually not for everyone. And I actually don't recommend it for everyone unless you have something else that you're going to be retiring to. 
So there's a whole section on that that really kind of covers that as well as just, you know, being able to give back. And so I really wanted to give people that entire framework. And so that's what the fire planner is, gives you those little snippets. And then if you want more information about any of those individual elements, you can dive deeper. It talks about syndications in a paragraph. And guess what? If you want to know more about syndications, then you go talk to Annie and Julie. You go d dive deep, you dig, and then you get the relevant information. So that's what I think it's really trying to solve that problem, give people that framework so they know what it requires up front and gives them that guide and a place to interact throughout the entire journey. I love that. Gosh, I wish I knew you like 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was like looking for a you 10 years ago and instead kept talking to every financial advisor that I could possibly get in touch with. And I'd look for ones that I thought, oh, they might have a unique angle. And so just love all of this because you essentially just gave folks the blueprint that they need to be able to, you know, get on the path to achieving financial freedom if they are not already there. So love that. I will definitely pick up a copy of the book and check it out. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it because I do not like to read boring books about finances and all of that kind of thing, which I think as Annie alluded to earlier, that's traditionally how most books are written. So love that this is broken down, easy to read with pictures and whatnot. Probably can give it to my nine-year-old and she'll probably enjoy it too. <laughs> <laughs> so I love this. All right. We're going to move into the life and money show spotlight. We're going to ask you a couple of questions around your life and money. So what is the first question is, what is one thing that you're doing right now to live a meaningful and intentional life by design? You know, I feel very blessed, of course, that I have options to be able to have enough financial independence where I can do, you know, whatever I want. And the interesting thing was when I first retired early, I did a lot of fun things for myself. I actually went out, went fishing in Panama, and I did all these fun things, you know, just for myself. And that was great. But after a while, I was like, there's more that I need to do. And so after that, I started building the blog, started creating financial coaching groups, and doing stuff that really makes impact. And so now today, I just feel really privileged just to be able to interact with people, you know, in whatever space that I'm working in, whether it's like the podcast or, you know, YouTube now is something that I'm interested in and just being able to get to explore some of those things. Some of them will hit, some of them won't, but just being able to have that freedom to explore it and help just one other person to get on this path to financial independence so that they can ultimately tap into an intentional life of their choosing, then, you know, that's what it's all about. As well as, you know, at the same time, just being fully present with my family. I still, that's still first and foremost, being able to interact with the kids, make the meals every single day, and just being able to cherish those times with family. Yeah, I love that. I like that you said it gives you options. I'm an options girl. So I love having my options available to me. So I can kind of like having a buffet as Annie always likes to say of options and things that I get to select and what I want to do that gives my life meaning and make gives me the feeling that I'm making an impact. And I love that you said that because I have it right here on my vision board too about, you know, even if you help one person um, that it would have been all worth it. And that's the same for me as well and why I do this too. So I love all of that. All right. Second question is around others' life and money. So what is one life or money hack? I'm sure you have many, but what is one that you might be able to share with the audience that'll make an impact in their lives right now? I think the biggest life hack that I like to share is really going back to the mindset. I think people a lot of times either subconsciously skip over that, but I really encourage people to go back to there because 
I think that's where it all starts. You know, mm-hmm. I really talked about how our beliefs really control our actions and then our actions really control the results that we get. And so if we really take that time to be intentional, to kind of go back and understand, you know, where we're starting from, I'm not saying live there. I mean, if there's stuff that's nonsense, you leave it there and you move forward and you choose, you get to intentionally choose what you want moving forward. So that's why, you know, my life hack is just really reading. I got to say reading, just absorbing so much different information from different people and smart, intelligent people that have already done what you're looking to do. I don't know if, I mean, that's, you know, partially how I would say now that we're in a digital age as well, you know, you can augment that reading with YouTube, with podcasts, with blogs, and you can do it all. And so that's the beauty of the age that we live in because we can tie it all together. And then just one final thing too, just to kind of put a note out there is to also listen to a different perspective other than your own. Because sometimes as we get older, what I noticed is sometimes we get stuck in what I like, what they call, I guess, confirmation bias, right? You get so enamored with an idea that you find people that are in agreement with you. But at the same time, a lot of the opportunities that I have today is because I listen to someone different, someone that I was like, no, that can never work. And then I listen to them like, oh, well, maybe it can work. And at least at least trigger something else. And it gives you a more balanced approach to something. So I guess that's one life hack that most people don't necessarily do is to look for someone else with a different opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think being open too, right? To mm-hmm. other ideas and other possibilities goes back to what we were talking about earlier in mindset. Because when you open yourself up to other possibilities, then suddenly, you know, it becomes limitless everything in your life. And uh, Annie and I are reading that book right now, Limitless by Jim Quick, which is such a good book mm-hmm. to not to sidetrack the conversation, but I'm also going back to reading and consuming. You know, we're living in this age of like digital overload. We'll make sure that the stuff that you're consuming is the right stuff. Again, how do we leverage this age that we're living in and access to all of this information? Read, listen to blogs, educate yourself because that's what's going to help you take it to the next level. So love all of that. All right. Last question is, what is one thing that you're doing right now to make the world a better place? You know, just kind of tie it full circle. The book was something, of course, that, I just wanted to do as a way to give back because I really approach this from not necessarily making money from it. And I think most authors realize it's not, you usually don't make money with the book. I'm not going what I made a little bit of money so far. We'll see how it performs. <laughs> but the point of the book was to give access to some of my knowledge to other people that didn't have access to it. So whether they, you know, find it in a library or they buy it, you know, it's really a nominal cost that they have to put in to get this different perspective, right? And get access to information that I've obviously accumulated over years that I've, you know, taken and adapted from other people. It's something where people can find it. And so I wanted to be able to leave some sort of, you know, legacy that is outside of the blog. I mean, the blog is great, but at some point, you know, the host is going to eventually disappear and, you know, financial may not be there in a hundred years. So, If that's the case, you know, at least with the book, you can at least put that out there. And it's always going to be somewhere in the Library of Congress, right? And again, it's just a way to share ideas with people and be able to tier it. Because, you know, some people pay lots of money to do some of the coaching programs that I do, but not everyone can pay that. So again, it's about being able to segment that and give some of that information to other people at different levels. 
such a phenomenal way to give back. It, arguably even better than just giving money, but you're giving of yourself, of your knowledge of this hard-earned wisdom that you've gathered over the years through your personal experiences and now sharing that out with others to empower them on their own journeys and touching so many lives. So Michael, you are an absolute inspiration. Tell the listeners where they can go to learn more about all that you're doing and where to get a copy of your book. Absolutely, Annie. And really quick, if I could interject one other quick thing, because obviously this is a show about money and I know you guys obviously love real estate investing. I do want to share one other quick win with listeners in the sense that with real estate investing, there's a lot of different tax advantages that we can take advantage of like throughout the process of buying and selling. And so over the summer, I was telling you it was one of the best summer, one of the best years ever. I decided to sell a property that I had with a bunch of equity in there, but not a lot of good cash flow. So I decided to take that equity and basically sell off the, the condo. And you know, I was trying to figure out, okay, do I want to 1031 exchange this so I don't have to pay the capital gains? And at the time, I was not prepared. I, I didn't have, you know places that I had identified, there's so much equity in there. I would have had to buy something big or buy like, you know, 10 different properties. And it's like, nah, I don't want like 10 little small houses in Ohio. I just want to figure out something. And in the end, you know, I decided I'm not going to do 1031 exchange. However, the reason why I'm sharing this is because there's a win-win sometimes, right? That can come about from all of this. And what happened was I stumbled upon through another blogger, what's called a donor advice fund. And so what I realized was that to offset a lot of these capital gains and depreciation recapture, I can actually donate a bunch of money and offset this big tax bill that I have. And so, again, the reason why I'm sharing the story is because I was able to give a lot of money into this donor advised fund and get those tax benefits up front to offset the, you know, the tax impact. And it really created a win-win. You know, it gave me a way to give and simultaneously a way for me to benefit. And so I just wanted to kind of share that quickly because I think a lot of times as we're going through in life, we can do both. We can bake the cake and have it too, right? We can have it all because when we're giving, I think there's also this reciprocity that comes about that just naturally occurs. So I just kind of wanted to put that out there because I, I thought it was a good example of where you can find wins in this space of real estate investing or, or entrepreneurship. There's, you know, there's all these little like nuances, right? So with that said, Annie, you can find the book, The Fire Planner, online at most retailers, Amazon, Walmart, Target, you know, Barnes and Noble, all those different retailers. And then if you want right now, if you go to financiallyalert.com slash planner, I've got a bunch of early order bonuses that you can register for. So it's really quick and easy. You just go in there and you put in your order ID and uh, gives you access to some additional fire tools and calculators and things of that nature. So definitely go out there and check it out. Oh, I love me a good calculator. I'm definitely going to get in on that. And all of our listeners, those links will be there for you in the show notes. Michael Kwan, creator of the blog Financially Alert, co-host of the podcast Breakthrough Millionaire, soon to be YouTuber as well, and author of the new book, The Fire Planner. Michael, thank you so much for being here with us to diving into all these insights from your new book and to sharing all of your advice with our listeners. Thank you so much, Annie and Julie. It's always a pleasure and you guys are doing fantastic work. So thank you so much for allowing me to 
to contribute in my, in my small little way. You've been listening to The Life and Money Show, the number one podcast for people who, like you, are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth, and making an impact in the world. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com and be sure to join the Life and Money Show community on Facebook. And if you got value out of this show, please subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations.